So we are continuing with our series of chaloimais, of dreams. For those of us who have a Gemara and who would like to follow inside, we are learning Mesech Brachas. We are up to Daf Nunhei Amid Beis, page 55b. Those of us who are using an art scroll, we are on 55b6. All right, so we're starting with something mamish amazing, dream-related. And that is that Omar Rabbi Yechanan, says Rabbi Yechanan, that Hishkin, that if when a person... Wait, sorry, Rabbi, Rabbi, sorry, sorry, I'm just opening the Gemara. What did you say? It's 55? 55 B6. 55 B6, again, that's in the art scroll. And what in the Schottenstein? Uh, we're talking about the Schottenstein. Oh. 55 B6. B6, okay. Oh, yeah, here we go. The right column... The right column towards the top of the right column. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Eliezer, Elazar? Omar Rabbi Yochanan. Oh, Yochanan. Is, any, is anyone in the art scroll, Schottenstein, that can tell me a page? 55B6. I'm... It's okay. We're patient. Yeah, look, I've got this, 55. Very good, 55. So open it up. Go to 55B6. Look at the English side. Oh, the actual 55, and it's 55, is that what you're 55, yeah, 55B6. This is very out of my comfort zone, holding a Gemara. You should know I'm pushing myself. Oh, Gavaldik, Mamish. Here, ah. Danny, I can't find it. Danny? Okay, sorry. Okay. Can you find me? So, let's go. Amar Rabbi If when a person awakes... The first thing that falls into one's mouth is a verse. So says Rabbi Yechanan, This is some sort of minor prophecy. Wow. Bechlal, when it comes to what we call Ruach HaKodesh, it says in many places that Ruach HaKodesh is the first thought that enters your mind. So when you're thinking about something, when you want to know something, when you have a question, the first thought that enters your mind is called Ruach HaKodesh. The challenge most people have is that we are not that aware of what's going on in our minds and not everyone will have the confidence to be certain that the thought that you think was the first thought is indeed your first thought. But the first thought that enters your mind is called Ruach HaKodesh. Now, obviously, there are many other nuances to that. If people are not yet living in a holy spiritual world, even if the first thought is coming from without, it's coming from someplace out there, like we mentioned before by dreams, not all out there places are holy. You have, as we learn in Hasidus, as we learn in Kabbalah, there are many, so to say, unholy spiritual realms. So obviously we're speaking about people that are connected to a holy realm. The first thought is Ruach HaKodesh. And we just to, just take a to pause over here. It's beautiful that we are lucky. We're Hasidim. So we have Hasidus Chabad. And we learn a, a lot about the faculty of Chachma versus Bina. Chachma, Bina is the, 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 the power of the analytical mind or what people would call your consciousness, your conscience mind, your power of understanding. You're, 
That's Bina. Chachma is mamish and antenna. Chachma means that we have something in our minds that remains opened to information that we don't know. Chachma is the ability to know what we don't know, which is which is kind of awesome. Now, this antenna, this openness, is connecting itself to what? This we don't know that clearly. But again, a person who is connected generally to Kedusha, we're not, we don't have to fly in the heavens. People whose life is to fulfill what God wants, their involvement, their focus, both inner and outer, is to do what God wants, generally are people, that's the majority of the people, they are connected to the world of Kedusha. And therefore, their Chachma picks up holy out there information, and we call that Ruach HaKodesh. Rabbi Yechanan is going a little bit beyond that. Rabbi Yechanan is, we're, we are learning the general topic of dreams. Rabbi Yechanan is saying is that when a person wakes up in the morning, then one's thoughts are most in tune to that which is going on out there, very similar to a baby being born, even though the baby is already in this physical world, since it just came here, prior to which it was learning with Hamalach in the mother's womb, prior to which the Neshama was in Gan Eden, it's so near Gan Eden that it's more in tune to that which is happening in Gan Eden. So on a certain, on a certain level, the same as Emes every morning by all of us. Since you were sleeping, and while we were sleeping, a part of our Neshama literally goes to Gan Eden. So when the person wakes up, their openness to what's going on out there in the holy out there is more powerful than during the day. And on top of that, if it isn't only a thought, but Rabbi Yechanan's words is that if a verse falls into your mouth, how great is that? That means the thought is so, you're, you're so connected to the world of your thought, similar to people that talk to themselves. Why are they talking to themselves? I would argue that most people who are talking to themselves are not even aware that they are talking to themselves. But at that moment, they are so living inside of themselves, they are so living inside of their minds, that that reality is so real that they don't even realize that they're, they're, they're actually verbalizing things that they're thinking. So if a person, number one, is picking up a, a Pasuk, a Pasuk came into your mind. Number two, it happened after you woke up. Right after you came back from Gan Eden. Number three, that Pasuk is so strongly ingrained in your head that you actually verbalize it, then you should know what that verse is, what we would call a minor prophecy, which is really amazing. This term of a minor prophecy is used by the Adizel when it comes to baby naming. When he says that when the, whatever name the parents intuit is actually a minor prophecy. Not that the parents are on the madrega of prophets, not all of them and not as of yet. Even when the reasons for them choosing the name to them appears to be very rational, and they know the reason. It's because uh, Zayda, because Baba, because of whomever after the naming or because I like that name. The emesis is that name is Taka, the name of the Neshama. So they are saying a prophecy without having the prophetic experience coming back over here. If a person wakes up in the morning and again, and a verse falls in their mouth, that's called a minor prophecy. Even if it doesn't feel to them that they are uh, 
that they are minor prophets or that they are any prophets. It's not a spiritual experience, but it's a very high level of Ruach HaKodesh. Bechlal, Ruach HaKodesh and prophecy are not essentially different. It's just different levels of Ruach HaKodesh. There are many levels of Ruach HaKodesh, and the higher up you get, then the less we use the term Ruach HaKodesh and the more we use the term of Nevuah, of prophecy. When people stand in front of a Rebbe and they ask a Rebbe a question, and the Rebbe answers, that is Ruach HaKodesh. Because a Yid tzaddik, part of being a tzaddik, even in the basics, is being in control of one's actions, words, and thoughts. We're speaking even only about the Levushim. So the more a person is mindful of and in control of one's thoughts, the more you will be aware to know whether this is your first thought or whether this is your second thought. And there are so many stories about that. I even have a story with my father who once went into in a Yechidas. He asked the Rebbe what to do. The Rebbe gave an answer, and in the earlier years, people used to uh, have more dialogue. And, you know, my father pushed back. Whatever it is that the Rebbe told him to do, he, he wasn't awaiting for that. He was hoping for another option, another answer. And 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 he, like, asked again, and, and the Rebbe at the second time went with his, with, with, with his thoughts, with my father's thoughts, and they spoke about it for a while. When my father was walking out of the Yechidis, the Rebbe told my father that Bachlal, you should know that the first thought is Ruach HaKodesh. In other words, what he was telling my father is that what I told you in the beginning in the Yechidis, that's really the Ruach HaKodesh. That, that is what God wants you, from you to do. The rest of the Yechidis, I was just conversing with you based on your suggestion and I was fine-tuning it or tweaking it or whatever that was. Moiridik. So here we go, Chavre. Now, another detail the reason why many people who might be you know learning together here or listening to this won't identify that much with waking up with the verse in your mouth that is not because we're not shy to this we are all shy to this this is this is not speaking about our refinement this is speaking about the greatness of god that god really comes down to each and every one of us and hashem is communicating to us even to people like us the reason why perhaps not enough people have such an experience, they don't relate. I never woke up in the morning in it with a verse in my mouth. That is pushed because people are not learning enough. If a person before they go to sleep, they take a Tanakh and they read some Psukim, if people that are into learning, more and more often you're going to have, you know, verses in your mind because you, because you were learning about it. But God has in your mind... A lot of psukim. And hopefully the older we get, the more we learn, the more psukim we have. So there's ke'ilu, more ability with of God to, to, to pick a verse in my mind and to communicate that to us. You know, this almost sounds like the Urim V'tumim. I mean, the miracle by the Urim V'tumim was much greater. But when the when the Kayin Gadol was wearing the Chayshin Nishpat that had all of the letters of the Aleph Beis engraved in it on the stones... And they would simply shine, letters would shine. In other words, Hashem was lightening up one of the letters. When a person has enough psukim in their mind, then Hashem shines a light on one of those verses. Hashem shines the light, which is why you notice it. And you say it. And then all of a sudden you realize, wow, I just said that verse. Why did I say that verse? Nevoa Ketano. I'll give you another similar, not the same, but similar concept that we find elsewhere. If I'm not mistaken, this, what I'm saying now, was written earlier on in the same tractate of Brachas. That there was a certain Amoira that when he made 
a mishabeirach for someone that's ill, he right away knew whether God is indeed going to accept a mishabeirach or whether God will not accept a mishabeirach. And that had to do with how clear was he able to articulate the words of the of the of the prayer. Imagine. And this is particularly true when there was no printed siddur. So you would make a mishaberach by heart. If he would say the mishaberach and he would get tripped up in the words, he felt that's a sign that that person won't necessarily get as better as he would want. Or there's a certain level of rejection to his or her prayer, people on that level. Whenever he made a brach and he felt that the words flowed out freely, that was for him an indication that God is listening and accepting those prayers. Now, I think such a statement is only shaykh to a greater tzaddik. But, but Rabbi Yechanan is staying over here, shaykh for all of us. That as long as we have plenty of psukim in our minds, in the, in the forefront of our minds, then a person should become more mindful as to what exactly am I thinking about when I wake up in the morning? And if you're thinking about a pasik, then that pasik, even more than a dream perhaps, will have an impact on that which will happen. It's a future-related event, and it's being verbalized, it fell into your mouth. So it's a Ruach HaKodesh that's being verbalized, Gavaldik. Okay, so we begin with this statement of Rabbi Yechanan. And just to, in context, Rabbi Yechanan was a rabbi from the era of the Talmud, but all the way from the beginning era of the Talmud, and he lived in the Holy Land. He was the leading rabbinic authority in, in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, Ve'amar Rabbi Yechanan... Continuing more about the mystical, there are three types of dreams that are destined to be fulfilled. Number one is a dream that one sees in the morning right before you wake up. We know that during every REM, every sleeps, a sleep is a cyclical event. There are different levels of a sleep. And a full cycle lasts around 45-50 minutes. It's only in the deepest cycle that's known as REM. REM means rapid eye movement. That's just a siman. That's just an indicator that one is in that deep level of sleep. That means if you are observing someone who is asleep, there are certain few moments which should repeat itself every around 45-50 minutes where the person, the sleeper's eyes are moving very quickly under the eye, under their... um, under their eyelids, but you can see that there's movement. That's one of the samanim that the person is having a dream then, or at least that is the state in which people who dream have a dream. So people dream throughout the night, but the dreams that we have right before we wake up is what Rabbi Yechinen calls a dream that's destined to be fulfilled. And now we're going to go back, not to what we spoke about last week, but to that which we spoke about already a couple of times, especially in the beginning, about the three general types of chaloimahs, the lowest one is of the least consequence because it's all about something that's happening within me. The highest one is like we're calling a prophecy. You're picking up information from out there. Well, how will I know which one is which? He's giving you a good simon. Earlier on in the night, dreams that happen in the closest, in the closest time period to the daytime hours when you were awake and thinking about yourself and doing your stuff and eating food, which also affects one's dreams. Those dreams are the least probable prophetic. This is not an absolute sign, but this is a certain um, general probability. The ones that come the latest, the farthest away from your daytime hours, so the thoughts of the prior day, the fruits of the prior day have you under its influence in the least. 
So then these dreams are l'cha'ura, the ones that are most prophetic related. So that's a dream right before you wake up. Bachlal, I think the dreams that we remember in general are the dreams that we have right before we wake up. Again, unless people are educating themselves in remembering their dreams, then uh, when you woke up three in the morning or two in the morning and you had a dream, maybe you were aware of it for a moment or two and then it went away. Easy come, easy go. In the morning, relative to the other ones, those dreams will remain with you longer. Number two, a dream that someone else dreamt about you. And as the Masha points out over here, if you dream about yourself, so then there's always the big chance that you were thinking about yourself in a certain way, and that is now expressing itself in the dream. But if someone else dreamt about you, and this will be particularly true if that someone else generally does not think about you, oh, then that dream is more authentic. That dream is a is, is a prophetic dream. Is a prophetic dream. Gavaldik. And number three, and if in the dream itself, there is already the interpretation to the dream. Wow. So in other words, it's some sort of dream within the dream. Does it mean that you fall asleep again? Or does it mean that you dreamt, that you went to sleep and you dreamt also? It's like a double-layer dream that there's a dream, and then in the dream, you dreamt about the interpretation of the dream. These are the three uh, dreams that Rabbi Yechanan says is highly likely that it's prophetic. The greatest is waking up and saying a pasuk, not consciously. But when you wake up, a certain pasuk comes to your mouth and you speak it out. And then in dreams, these three, and V'yesh O'imrim, there's another V'yesh O'imrim. Some say that whether that Rabbi Yechanan said or that they added to Rabbi Yechanan, if a dream is repeating itself. Now there's a very important caveat over here. A repetitive dream, according to most commentators, doesn't mean that you had this dream tonight and you had it last week and every now and then you have that dream. A repetitive dream means a dream that you had twice or more times in the same night. Mamish, like what happened by Padre, that, that the two dreams that we read in Parsha Smikates wasn't only that the Padre had that repetitive dream, is that the trader makes a point to write that he dreamt, he woke up, he went back to sleep, and he dreamt again at, in the same night. Happens to me that by Padre, they were not Mamish the same, but the content was Mamish the same. So also a repetitive dream doesn't have to mean that every detail is the same. Actually, by Padre, the details were very different, the external details, right? Whether it was sheaves consuming one the other, whether it was cows consuming one the other. But the commonality of both dreams were the same, and he had it on the same night. And Shenemar, and the proof for that is, Mamash quoting that Yosef Atzadik tells Padre, the, uh, that the Al Hishonei Sachaloim, that in other words, the reason why you had a repetition, that's because that Hashem is going to bring about the reality of these dreams very quickly. So the Gemara is not focusing on, yeah, if you have a repetitive dream, it means it's going to happen very quickly. We're not even going to the very quickly. Rabbi Yechanan is really speaking about whether it's going to happen at all. In other words, not all dreams are prophetic. But dreams that are repeated twice on the same night are prophetic. Okay. And now finally, we're going to introduce into contrast 
the awesomeness, the prophetic nature, the future telling, that's what prophecy means. Prophecy means knowing the future. The prophetic nature that some dreams have, in contrast, some dreams have no prophetic nature at all. They don't even have psychological nature. All the dream is, is an insight into that which you have been thinking about during the day. Oh, so now goes the Gemara. Amar Shmuel Banachmeni Amar Abiyeinasan Ein Marunle La Alam Ella Mehiruri Libai. A person is shown is shown in his or her dream nothing other than the products of their own thoughts. Oigavalt. And again, like we're saying, it's not an absolute. He's not negating everything we learned until now. But we're really that's the way the Gemara goes. It's not organized. Category A, category B. That's something that we need to do. The Gemara just. As in a conversation, this one said this and that one said that. He, he, the Gemara is informing us of all of the different types of dreams. And Shenemad, as it says, now this is really awesome. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the wicked, we call him the Russia because he was a Russia who destroyed the first base Hamikdash. He very much appreciated the uniqueness of the Jewish people. So when he destroyed our commonwealth, when he destroyed us as a nation, when he exiled the Jewish people out of, his goal wasn't to humiliate us, to destroy us, God forbid, genocide us as others wanted, but he actually tapped into and he used all of the unique Jewish talents to his service. Which is why when you read Nach, you'll find that many Jews became uh, high-ranking ministers in the court of Nebuchadnezzar, including Daniel. Daniel was a Navi. So Doniel became an advisor for Nebuchadnezzar. And, and Nebuchadnezzar had a very powerful dream, and he wanted Doniel to interpret it. But to the Goyesh dream interpreters, Nebuchadnezzar shared the dream, and he asked them to interpret it. Doniel was a prophet. Now, a prophet doesn't get to pick and choose, but since Doniel was one with whom God at times communicated the future, Nebuchadnezzar calls on Daniel, and he tells Daniel, listen, I had a dream, I'm not going to tell you what I dreamt, I want you to tell me what I dreamt, and I want you to, to interpret it. Imagine. And Daniel Taker, through his Nebuah, knew the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, and he gave it the right interpretation. However, when Daniel began telling the dream what he dreamt, so he says, Aunt Malka, you, O king, Rayonach, your thoughts, Al Mishkevach Saliku, came in your mind while you were on your bed. In other words, what Daniel began to tell Nebuchadnezzar is that what came into your mind when you slept are that which you thought about during the day. Even though the dream, that dream of Nebuchadnezzar was indeed a prophecy. But Daniel, before he blew away Nebuchadnezzar, by Taka knowing, he knew Baruch Kachoy of Daniel, what the dream was, and he knew what it meant. He wanted to make one thing clear to Nebuchadnezzar, that just because you had one prophetic dream, doesn't necessarily mean that all your dreams are of prophetic nature. He began by telling him that Bechlal, what you dream about is that what you think about during the day. And from there we learned that indeed, that there's such a concept of a dream being nothing other than you Seeing your thoughts, your own thoughts. The Ibai is same, or there's another proof, it's also from that same, same event. The Gemara now was quoting from Daniel, Mamish, the next verse, where it says that, 
that you may now know what occupied your thoughts. In other words, I'm going to tell you what you dreamt. But firstly, before thinking that you're the big Navi, no, know that your dreams are simply reflections of that which you thought about during the day. And now the Gemara, after bringing a source from a verse from Daniel, is going to prove it. Amarava teda. You know how we know this is accurate? Because the leimachavu inish that in a dream, a person will never be shown. Loidikla de dahava. Not a palm tree made out of gold. People are not going to dream of a palm tree made out of gold. Neither Nor will you see in a dream an elephant that enters, that goes through the eye of the needle. Obviously, we're not speaking about this jumongous needle, because if a needle is in the size of the universe, and the, then yeah, then the needle, through the needle, you can fit many elephants. But he's speaking about that no one ever saw a needle which is in the size of a normal sewing needle and an elephant in the size of an elephant and the elephant going through the needle. Even though a dream is able to manifest and to show you contradictions, but it's never going to show you these two examples. Why? Because these are two items that you never think about during the day. Now, obviously, the statement of Rava does not go anymore, not for you and not for me. Because now we just thought about it. We didn't think about it. We learned about it. Oh, But if not for one ever thinking about it, you will never see that. And I'll go even further. Even by prophetic dreams, like I just mentioned before, or like you have by the Chosh and Mishpat, when God is showing you something, God is not showing you the future in God's words or in God's images. Hashem is taking the images that you already have in your head and he's just reorganizing them. And now he's showing you what he wants to communicate to you. But at least the language is yours. The imaginary is yours. So if you never spoke that language, if you never used that word, if you never thought about that image, you will never have that in a dream. Coming back to the beginning of what we learned today. In other words, if God wants to communicate something to you, and ideally it will be communicated through words of Torah, through verses in the Torah, you have to have at least enough psukim in the Torah in your mind for God to have something to choose to show you the Nevoah Ketana. Coming back over here, coming back over here, Rav is not speaking about a prophetic dream. He's saying, Pashit, the fact that no one thought about that image, no one will ever dream that on his or her own. And now we're turning to page 56A1. And uh, related to that, we're going to have two stories, two amazing stories. That Omar like Kesar, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Hanania. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Hanina, was an acquaintance of one of the Caesars of Rome. The Caesar viewed Rabbi Yeshua as the representative of Jewish wisdom. There is a phenomenal story in the Gemara when, when the, this Caesar wanted to see a debate between the Jewish wise people and the elders of Athens. The elders of Athens, the Chachamim of the Greek culture, were known as Savu de Atuna. Savu means like Saba, the elders of uh, Athens, of Atuna. And it's phenomenal. We have on the Gemara uh, 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 almost a page, maybe a column and more, of a conversation between Rabbi Yeshua and the elders of Athens. And when you read it, it's like, wow, it's all riddles. I mean, the riddles are, are, are extraordinary. But without, uh, without, uh, without uh, help, we see that we understand nothing. 
But anyway, so this is the same Caesar and the same Rabbi Yeshua. They were acquaintances. So he tells him, Amritu tuva. It's said that the Jewish people are great chachamim. So Emali, so the Caesar tells Rabbi Yeshua, tell me, what is it that I will see in my dream? Tell me what I will dream tonight. And you see that he's using the word chachma, as we just spoke out today. Chachma is picking up information that's unknown. The future is unknown. So any type of future knowledge certainly is included in Chachma knowledge. So you're very, you're a Chacham. So what will I dream about tonight? So Amalei Rabbi Yeshua told him, I know Chazis, you will see that the Meshacharei Loch Parsoi, that the Persians will press you into their service. Now Rome and the Persia of old were constantly at war. So Rabbi Yeshua tells him, you're going to dream that your arch enemy, the Persians, will capture you and they're going to force you into the service of their king. And another detail, they're going to seize you, they're going to chop you. They're going to force you to graze shiktsei, that which is abominable, that which is disgusting. And he was referring to chazerim. Whether the Romans considered a chazer as something disgusting or whether it was the Persians, we, we certainly do, we the Jewish people. So that he's going to make you graze that which is the most uh, disgusting and you're still going to be carrying you're going to be carrying your golden staff or the golden sept- scepter I think is the word in English. In other words, it was a certain staff that is held by a king. So they're going to allow you to keep your scepter. They're going to allow you to keep your golden staff but you're going to be forced to service, to work and to work in the lowliest of works. Amazing. Now, th- he, he's not only, he, he's, he's, he's verbalizing the deepest fears of the Caesar. Because if a king gets captured, which is horrible, then a king theoretically would want to be killed, not to undergo any humiliation and any suffering. No, you're going to be captured and you will be kept alive and you will be, uh, you're going to be completely uh, humiliated. And what happened? How did Rabbi Yeshua know that? He didn't know the future, but he knew the statement of the Gemara that dreams are also just mirrors of that which we think about during the day. Now, there are different levels of thought, but that was a, that was a thought that he played into a deep fear. And he did, and see, the Caesar thought about this image the whole day. And indeed, and that's exactly what he dreamt about at night. How great is that? And a, and a similar story happened a little bit later, in the days of the great Amoida Shmuel, who was befriended to the Persian king, here also Persia and Rome were always at war with each other. So once Shavur Malka, King Shafur or King Shapur, asked our our great Jewish leader Shmuel, they say that you're very wise. So again, please tell me what will I dream about tonight? So Amalei Shmuel tells him, same thing, that Chazi you're going to see. The Asur that the Romans will capture you by a, by a battle. And again, not only will they not kill you, but they're going to force you to, to grind Kashiyasa dates in a golden mill. In other words, they're going to remind you that you were a king, 
they're going to make the mill a golden mill, but they're going to force you to do difficult manual labor. Grinding, when we're speaking about grinding, well, if it's a water mill, if it's a windmill, mela. But most mills were not, uh, were not being moved by the forces of nature. They would take slaves, and the nebuch, the slave, would have to walk around and around to drain the mill. You're going to be that guy. And here, phenomenal. So here, at least we concluded with the highest level of nevoah today, which is waking up with the verse and speaking it out with the three indicators that your dream is a emesdika prophetic dream, the ones that you have right before you wake up. If someone else has a dream about you, by the way, it's also if you have a dream about someone else. And the third is if a dream is repeat, if a dream has its interpretation in it, any any sort of double doubleness in the dream, or you having the same dream, not one within the other, but on the same night the dream repeated itself. That is the highest madrega, and the lowest madrega, the lowest level of a dream, is that which you are simply dreaming about that which you think about. And here you see the power, lahavdal, what the game called inception. In other words, that I can influence what you will dream about, and your dreams will have a big influence on you, because many people take their dreams seriously, because many dreams ought to be taken seriously, so if I tell you some sort of image, especially if it's something that you are afraid of, so I'm not, I'm not introducing something new to you. I'm just verbalizing some fear that you already have. So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna think about it a lot. So there's a high chance that that's exactly what you will dream about as well. Gavaldik. Any questions? I have a question. Sure. Okay, right. <clears throat> um, you mentioned... Uh, about a pusik that would come to your mind when you wake up. Yep. But you can say a pusik without washing your hands. Um, the person's verbalizing the pusik is not a conscious effort. In other words, bailiff, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm. I'm. Gonna, listen. Let's say there's a pusik that's that that somehow insinuates that I'm going to that, that I'm going to win a million dollars. So I wake up in the morning and I'll say the Pasuk. And there I got myself on the Vuakatana. That's not what we're talking about. It's not a person who needs to make a conscious effort to say a Pasuk. And for that, you're making a good point. That is something that we may not do before Negevasar. We're speaking about a person who wakes up in the morning and they wake up with a verse, not only in their minds, not a verse that they chose. It's just there. It's God is shining a light on it. This Pasuk came to me. We have to become more aware about what's going on our, on our minds. Is this thought something that I chose to think about or is this thought something that came into my mind? If it's from the latter, and again, some people are so engrossed in their thoughts that they won't even notice it, but they're going to be saying what they're thinking about. Sometimes people, you, you watch people, they, they, what do they call they talk, they, they talk to themselves. No, there was a, there was a big... Uh, a big chacham in the times of the Rebbe, right before the war, he, we call him the Goin of Ragachov, the genius of Ragachov. He always used to speak to himself. He was not aware of it. He used to talk to himself. So someone asked him, why do you talk to yourself so much? He says, listen, I have to speak to someone intelligent. That was, And he was talking, there was no one on his level. He was a genius. But I think that when people live in themselves, they won't be aware of it 
but they're going to be speaking what they're thinking. And Bailey, you're right. No, it's if you ask a person, are you allowed to speak words of Torah without birchas Torah, without negel vasa, without no? But you're not doing this consciously. Then there's nothing wrong over here. Okay, and I have another question. Um, it's from another class. I, I listened to the shir, and it was about a dream. A prophetic dream will not come to fruition if it is not interpreted. Is that what you said? So, like this. So we learned last week. So we're learning every week something else. It's like a big puzzle. That there are three levels to prophetic dreams, and there is a level of a prophetic dream. Like the dream of Yosef Atzadik, not from this week, from uh, no, no, from this week, from Parshas Vayeshev, that whether the dream was ever interpreted, that indeed that his brothers and his parents will bow down to him or not, that's going to happen. As it happened, it took twenty-two years, but it happened. You know, it's in prophetic dreams there are different levels, Bela, and the ones that need interpretation, what we learned last week, are dreams that come from a demon. Not in a negative way, but they're not coming from a malach. Certain dreams need to be interpreted for them to happen, and certain dreams need not. That's the general answer to okay. your question. Well, I have that $70 million house with the on main. kitchen. On main. Think big. Hello, $140 million. Yes, yeah. Robert. Why limit it? I have a question. If you do remember a dream, and it's a dream that is quite close to waking up in the morning, should you tell someone? From what we're learning up until... Yes. yes. Tell someone who is your friend who knows... But if you if you know it's negative and if you feel it's negative and you kind of maybe even let, have an understanding of where it's coming from in your conscious and subconscious nature, by speaking it, isn't there a level of like creating its reality as opposed to... So the, what, what, I'm, just, I'm just sharing what we learned. It's, a, it's good to review. So if you have a friend that is aware of what we're learning right now, it's better for you, yes, to tell them, I saw a good dream. You begin, you give the a intro. A bad dream, a bad dream. A bad Rami, I heard what you said. But the way you should share it to your friend is by you giving the following intro. You say, I saw a good dream. And they should and they should re respond to you three times. Yes, indeed, you saw a good dream. You saw a good dream, and then and then you should tell them what you saw, and that person has to just learn with us for another another month or so because now we're going to get into already the and they have to they have to make they have to make a a, a real link between certain parts of your dream with things that are taka good. That's the best. Now, if you have a friend that cares for you but they don't have this knowledge. Or if you have a person with knowledge, but God forbid they don't care for you, then don't share the dream. Okay. Okay. But when you introduce a bad dream, you begin by telling your friend, listen, my tired friend, I want you to know that I saw a good dream. And they say, yes, yes, you saw a good dream. Okay. Okay, I have a question. Oh. Yes. Hello? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I, had a, I had a dream just on Shabbos. A good dream. It was a good dream. Oh. It was a good dream. But it was like before I woke up and I saw this, the first editor that hired me as an assistant many years ago. And you know, we were friends in our 